0: For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory,
1: forever and ever, Amen. Welcome to the podcast. In and through exist to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim Still, and
2: I'm Marshall. For the time being, <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I feel like I had to say something, but I, I just, yeah, it is what it is. One of
1: those things you just some, you just go for it.
2: Yeah, just sometimes it works. Maybe it'll land.
1: Sometimes that happens. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Whatever. You I try. mean, try, I feel, new, try new things.
2: I feel like our listenership has learned to have grace for us. If they've journeyed with us thus far, <laughs> <laughs> they, they know that. Yeah, sometimes the jokes aren't funny. That's okay, because um, this is not a comedy podcast, Tim. No, this is a legalism podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about law again. We've been talking about law for a while. Question 15. Can you believe it? I know. 15 We're getting there. We're working our way through
1: here, Tim. 15 weeks in. That's m- more than a quarter. And still on my drive in from work this morning. Snow blowing sideways.
2: <sighs> so disheartening. Especially after the, that little warm spell we had for mm-hmm. a couple days there. That was so nice. Yep. Well, it'll it's come. all right. It'll come again. It's all right. We knew. It'll come again. Yeah, that's true. Um... Yeah, so it's it's interesting actually. So the question this week actually deals with something that came up in a conversation that that I had uh, with one of our listeners who nice. was actually disappointed that we hadn't said a particular thing about God's law in previous discussions and I was and and, and disappointed well, actually, we we had kind of touched on it, in fact, but the catechism hadn't, and he was like, "I'm kind of disappointed that the catechism didn't actually say these types of things about the law of God." But Today this is, is it. Today's the day. Today's the day. So I'm gonna shoot him maybe an email and just be like, "Hey, make sure you li- I mean, he'll, he'll listen." I mean, he he'll listen.
1: Just in case you gave up on us because we didn't answer the question. Yeah, here's your chance.
2: Yeah. So anyway, so I'm I was kind of excited to see it as I was preparing. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be exactly what this gentleman was looking." Uh, looking for so nice yeah, excited about that
1: and the question is since no one can keep the law as we established and talked about in previous weeks yep what's the point
2: yeah what is the point point? and so normally we chat about like why this question matters and mm-hmm. i think excuse me i think it it's a it can be a valid question Oh, for sure, right?
1: Like, I, I think at the very beginning of this, I, I talked about the lady that I had in my church one time that was like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. If people can't keep it, it, her her assessment of it was, this is just a means for God to condemn. Right. That's the whole point. God did this just so he had a reason to condemn people. Mm-hmm. Um, some really big problems with that. Sure. I, I heard a guy one time describe... God as the mean kid with the magnifying glass on a summer day standing over the anthill. Mm. Um, I I think it goes back to, uh, I believe it was Hitchens that said, there is no God, but surely if there was, he wouldn't care who I slept with. Right. Right. Just to say our view of God and the law of God is this petty thing Mm. that takes good people and tries to find a reason to condemn them, and misunderstood. That's where our study of the law so far could go.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I, I think that leads into some of the wrong answers because I think a lot of people who might have those opinions of God's law are operating out of um, an experience of a corruption in how that. Law apl- has been applied or how it's been discussed yeah i agree um and i think so i mean we we've mentioned these terms before um uh, but we're going to talk about them again today because they're vitally important in, in in trying to tackle how this question has been answered wrongly in the past and the two the two big terms are really legalism and antinomianism sure so i think legalism let's let's dive into that because i think that's one that um you know, perhaps historically has been a significant issue. It was a significant issue in the time of Christ, mm-hmm. right? In how the law was applied, right? Yeah, it it was it was there.
1: It was the reason for the Reformation.
2: That's also true. Yeah,
1: and uh, it continues on today. Although I would say it it's shape it shifts and takes on many different forms. Mm -hmm. I would say right now we're probably dealing more with antinomianism than we are legalism, Mm -hmm. but that just means the pendulum is going to work its way the other direction and it's good to now be aware of what legalism is so that we don't end up there.
2: Exactly. No, I would agree. I'd agree. Yeah, I read an article on this subject by John Piper, and he he says something interesting about God's law um, through the lens of those who um, apply it in a legalistic way. Viewing God's law as um, a job description Mm -hmm. whereby, you know, we can earn the wages of salvation. Right. Here's your to do list. Here's your job description. Do these things and then you get paid with eternal life. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think it's it's important to know when especially Paul, because Paul deals with this concept of law a lot in his writings. When Paul is pushing back against what he calls the works of of the law it's it's not him arguing against the the validity and the goodness of the law of god right Mm -hmm. he's speaking against its distortion right right the the distortion that was common in in jewish circles at that time um and 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 is still you know the distortion of of god's law um in a legalistic way is, is still prevalent even today but that's that's what he's pushing back against i think uh not not so much that the law of God is bad, but thinking that the law of God is something that we can fulfill and thereby earn our salvation, this law of works, um, yeah, that is something that we, we ought to deny.
1: Yeah, and I think the other way to look at it, too, uh, is to look at it as it's one thing for, for you to get a bill. It's another thing to get an itemized bill, right? hmm You get a bill that just says you owe this much. There's a chance for sticker shock. And what on earth are you talking about? Right. (laughs) But when that bill comes itemized, all of a sudden there's a connection with how that number was formed Mm. that helps us to better understand why we owe what we owe. Sure. Right? And so for God to just say, you're sinners and the world's broken and you need a savior. Mm. That's reasonable. He could have done that. He's a just and holy God and do whatever he wants to. Mm-hmm. But he chose instead to supply us with the law so that not only do we see what righteousness looks like, Allah, your statement on John Piper's view, mm-hmm. but as the catechism will show us it also so shows us the state of humanity mm-hmm. and what our sin debt is, right, so that we're able to look at it and go, "Oh, you know what, now that I look at this, I realize I do rightfully owe mm. the penalty yeah. that is that is put before me yeah and so so I think I think drawing out the law in that way is sort of like the difference between a bill and an itemized bill, interesting,
2: um yeah, no, that's that's I think that's helpful. Um, okay, so the other wrong answer, the other wrong answer is antinomianism, which is just mm-hmm. being anti-law. Um, a lot of people, it has no purpose, or it's for a different people at a different time, right? It's purely, purely contextual. But in Christ fulfilled forms. it, and it's all gone. And it's all gone, yeah. Um, and I think you know what? I think this might stem from a from a, a wrong understanding of covenants. And I think that can warp our view of the law. All but right. Flesh so, it out. So we have Abraham. Sure. Who is called by God mm-hmm. for no apparent reason. Like it right. doesn't say that, you know, Abraham was just the best dude kicking around. God just calls him, mm-hmm. makes a covenant with him that is based on, on Abraham's faith. Right. We know that Abraham was not this like super upright guy. The, he had many, many failings. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his relationship with God was based on faith. And then, obviously, in the new covenant, in Christ, we know that, hey, this is all about faith, right? But sometimes we kind of insert this covenant that God had through Moses with Israel as being entirely different. Sure. There are aspects of it that might be different, but we're like, okay, so under the covenant of Abraham, you're saved by faith. Or it was a picture of what would come through Christ that we're saved by faith. But there was—with the whole Moses thing, with the whole, you know, Pentateuch, the the whole law— you know, thing that was totally different, you know, and the the way that, you know, God related to his people was totally different than how he does now. And for them, yeah, it was just purely obedience. That's that's all they had to do. They just had to measure up to the standard and that's how they would be saved. Yeah, I, I can see that in that because there comes with it
1: this practical application mm-hmm. and step by step process that doesn't exist, as you said, with Abraham that we're going to argue doesn't exist entirely in the new covenant. Not exactly. Yeah. Uh, that because of that, it becomes entirely different, mm. instead of different in practice. Yeah. And and in that, it, you'd have to. I think you have to go a long way to say the Mosaic covenant and the law is devoid of grace. Mm-hmm. But you would have to make that argument that it's devoid of faith but you'd have to make that argument.
2: Yeah, and Paul dre- Paul addresses that in Romans 9. Mm-hmm. So he says, or he talks about kind of like the, the the state of the Gentiles and the Jews in relation to the law, he talks about, he says uh, in verse uh, 31 of Romans 9, uh, but that Israel who pursued a law would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching the law. So he talks about how they, they pursued it, but they did not succeed. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. Mm-hmm. but as it were based on works and they have stumbled over the stumbling stone. So even in the context of the nation of Israel under the covenant of Moses, the law that was given to govern their society, um, it was to be pursued in the context of faith.
1: And Hebrews 11 is the same sure. sort of argument, right? All of these people under the law, why is it counted to them as righteousness? Yeah, Because of faith. Exactly. Not because of execution. hmm Great execution is not what was accounted in as righteousness, yeah, it no. was faith
2: yeah and and the law of God is something that is to be uh, celebrated and appreciated. Psalm one nineteen, I mean, is just this like extended celebration of God's law, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, how I love your law, right? It's my meditation all the day.
1: and yeah. And there's an element of faith that says, killing this animal is going to appease God, mm-hmm. right? There's faith that this, what seems to be a disjointed action is going to bring about a result because you, that's what you've been asked to do. Right. Right? And it, But even through that, like we find in the prophets, particularly Isaiah chapter one, right? Where it's explicitly said, there's more to this than the practice of the law. Yeah. I, I don't do this because I need the blood of bulls. Mm-hmm. Right, where's your heart in this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the idea that that this is an entirely other thing mm-hmm. is
2: wrong. Yeah, the relationship that you know someone like David would have with God would be entirely different, right? Than than what we do, uh, than what we do have now um, is just a wrong way of seeing the Bible. It is
1: it is parenthetical mm. in that it, it does have a bit of a beginning. In an end, but it's not entirely separate.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's and, and I think that that's what we're coming. That's what I'm coming against, right? I'm not right. saying that you know you know we need to put tassels on our cloak or cut our beards a certain way or anything like yeah. that. What I what I'm saying is that um, this I- this idea that um, it was not that faith was not part of the equation. The faith was not the essential part of the equation. Uh, for people under the covenant of, mm-hmm. of Moses is is a wrong way to see it.
1: Yeah, and I think there's also too much to be placed on the fulfillment of Jesus mm. as being the door closed, mm. and we've moved on from that, right? I think that's the other place where antinomianism really creeps in, mm. is Jesus fulfilled it. That means he completely demolished it, made it void and useless and pointless. The door's closed, and we move on to an other thing.
2: Right, right. Okay, so... The New City Catechism. Boom. It answers this question by saying, So since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? That we may know the holy nature and will of God, and the sinful nature and disobedience of our hearts, and thus our need of a Savior. The law also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our Savior. So there's a a lot in those couple sentences there. Right. Um, So maybe we should break it down into its parts as we address it. Mm-hmm. So I, I've kind of broken this down into four essential parts here, but maybe maybe there's more, maybe not. But we'll we'll just work with through it. Um, knowing the holy, the holiness of God in His nature and in His will, the law I would say gives us insight into who God is. Yep. Right. Th- what
1: is righteousness? What is the goal?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There. There. Like. If godliness is is what we're striving towards, the law provides us a picture of what that looks like in the context of how we relate to him and to other people. Um, and it, so it gives us an insight into who God is and, and also how, more specifically, how God wants human beings to live. Right. Right? Um, which is a—you mentioned this already, but the giving of the law is a gracious thing. Mm-hmm. Right. God's not saying, hey, just figure it out, guys. Sure. Figure out how to live your life. Well, he's saying here is, you know, here is a whole bunch of of information that I'm going to give you guys in order to to walk in an upright way in a way that that glorifies me Mm -hmm. and is is um, representative of who I am and what I want. Right. Um, That's a that's a good thing. That's a that's a that's a gracious thing to do. It's a gift. It is. It really is. Um, and that gift continues to have value for us today, I would say. Right. Um, so, yeah. Anything else to say on that?
1: I No, I've got an analogy. Okay. But I, I kind of need all of it wrapped
2: up. Okay. All right. Let's keep going then. Before I can really use it. <laughs> okay. Number two. Because I don't want to be a spoiler. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Save it. Save it. Save the, the finishing move for the final round here. Okay. Uh, knowing our sinful nature and disobedient hearts. Um, so, in knowing the law... Right, In having this law that that we can look to and, and and try to understand, we recognize that we don't always want to follow God's law. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that we're not capable of doing it, but we don't even want to do it sometimes, right? Let, let's let's be real here. Um, and so we recognize our own desire to be our own God and follow our own law. Yeah, we recognize
1: that we have a debt.
2: yeah, yeah. and and if we and if we can somehow uh, you know rework our worldview. Uh, to to allow for us to be the arbiter of truth of what is right and wrong, as is you know a common thing that we do in our society, then we can try to get ourselves off the hook. And I think even as Christians, like so we wrestle with that tendency sometimes mm-hmm. to to justify whatever it is that we're doing that is obviously contrary to God's will for our lives, because yeah, feeling guilty sucks. Yeah, it does. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> but it but it is still a gift, a mm-hmm. gracious gift,
1: right? It is. Uh. As I talked about the the bill analogy earlier, because I, I think a lot of this points to our debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to know that you're incurring a bill. You know the heater's running, mm-hmm. so you know there's a bill coming. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you just get a letter in the mail and you open it up and it's like, boom. <laughs> Where did this come from? I had no idea. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you've been incurring this bill all along. Right. But you didn't know. Mm. Right. It hits differently. Mm-hmm. It's ungracious. You're not prepared for it. You've not budgeted for it. Mm. What do you do about it? Right. Um, and so that's where it's gracious for us to be told that we're sinners. Yeah. That we are occurring a debt.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in doing so, and it, we we as we recognize that debt, we come face to face with the fact that it is a debt that we cannot pay. Right. We need an out. Right. Mm-hmm. We need a rescue. And so so the third part of this answer, knowing our need for a savior. Right. We we can't pay the debt that we've accrued, nor can we attain the the required degree of holiness through self-improvement. Right. Mm-hmm. We might come to We might be able to come to a place where we're, you know, in a relative sense, we're walking more righteously, but it's not going to be perfect. And we can't undo what's already been done. Um, mm-hmm. So we realize our need to be rescued from our own sinfulness, from our own rebelliousness. Um, and and it's interesting because in the law, as you already mentioned, too, the, the the atoning sacrifices that would happen, those things were built into the law to help people understand this is not something that you're able to do perfectly. When you fail, you need to recognize that you need. You need a substitute. Mm-hmm. You need like this is a price that needs to be paid, one that you cannot pay, right? Um, and, and and obviously those sacrifices that were found throughout, um, throughout the law of Moses find their fulfillment in the atoning sacrifice of Christ.
1: Right. So it's not that there was forgiveness in the blood of an animal. Right. It's that there was forgiveness in the faith of what that represented. The perfect sacrifice that would come as Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Yeah.
1: So, you ready for the analogy?
2: Well, I have one one more part of the. Okay, you drop the analogy. No, no, do your thing. Well, there's the final part of the answer. Knowing how to walk worthy. I'm. Okay. Okay. Sure. Drop it. Oh wait. No. No.
1: Uh, Whatever. uh, You uh, win. Okay.
0: You win. Whatever.
2: Knowing how to walk worthy of our Savior. So because of that atoning sacrifice we talked about because we are are made clean because it's now no longer on us to fulfill the law because it's been fulfilled on our behalf. We follow God's law out of thankfulness. We follow and imitate Christ because he did it on our behalf and we bring glory to God in our lives. As we walk in holiness, empowered by the Holy spirit to do so. Um, we know that obedience doesn't save but it does demonstrate the genuineness of our faith right if if works replaces faith that's a bad thing mm-hmm. but if works comes from our faith and out of our faith that is a beautiful and wonderful thing is it okay for me to have a beef with the
1: wording of this
2: yeah t- yeah
1: <laughs> worthy of our savior ooh mm, yeah Mm. What would you? What would you? So, so I make a point all the time. I, I repeat myself constantly. I've only ever had like three good ideas in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm just riding those to the end, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, oh. I I heard a very prominent preacher one time say that that's a good thing because mm-hmm. it causes people to actually learn from the repetitiveness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't mean for that to go as far as I take it. But that's just what <laughs> I push all the time. Mm. The beauty of grace is that God didn't wait for us to be lovable in order for us to be loved. Mm. I think this says part of the law teaches you how to be lovable, worthy of your Savior. Mm. I think that's probably going too far. I would say maybe something closer to in honor mm. of your Savior. I like that. In such a way as to... Bring him glory, mm-hmm. but not
2: worthy. Yeah, we can never be Worth- worthy.
1: Yeah. We're gonna put an edit there. Yeah. And I'm sure Crossway is very concerned with <laughs> what Tim <laughs> thinks about the wording. they are probably gonna keep them up at night working on the uh the new edition.
2: If they n- even know we exist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th-
1: but but yeah, I think worthy's I think worthy's a wrong statement. They mm. would probably argue that they mean the same thing. Sure. But when you're only using three sentences, you have to be very careful with the words that you use, and I think could have been more careful there. Can I have my turn now? Yes, it's your turn, Tim. <laughs> Sorry, this I've been This isn't in the, the Marshall cast. I've
2: been, I've been in the driver's seat yeah. this episode. Which is a perfect segue.
1: One of my three good ideas in life uh, has... B- I keep pointing at you and using my hands as if anyone can see it. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, when I'm doing counseling mm-hmm. in particular... I like to use the analogy of the GPS, right? Because no one knows how to get anywhere anymore. We just throw it into Google Maps or whatever, right? In or The reason we do that is to successfully get to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. There are three components to that. You have to know where you want to go. You have to know where you are, and then you can calculate how to get there. I use this in counseling to help people just by saying, hey, what is healed to you, Hmm. right? Like, are you talking to to, to bring that into a real thing, right? Like, are you talking about, like, I never want to have worries or struggles ever again. I want to be entirely over the grief of my loss or whatever, which is just unreasonable. You need to rationalize what is healthy. Right. A goal for me, and and where am I at? And then we can work on what are things we can do to move in that direction and to know when we've arrived. Right, yeah. The law does this for us, right? Because it tells us the holy nature of God, Hmm. that's our destination. Right. Because it points out to us our sin, that is our current location. Mm Mm-hmm. And now that we have these two points, we can calculate the various ways that we can get from here to there. Nice. The problem is like those mazes you used as a kid, <laughs> right? Where you draw them through and you go and you're, know, oh, dead end. You start over, oh, dead end. The law also shows us every path leads to a dead end but one Mm. and that path is the sacrifice of jesus christ
0: Mm
2: -hmm. on our behalf he's the way the way as he says yeah
1: and so in the same way that a gps explains to us how to get from where we are to where we want to be
2: the law does the same nice thank you that's really good. That's solid, man. Aw, you got to write an article on that or something, or put it as a chapter in a book somewhere. I like that. That was that was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, that's that's great. I mean, so the 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 scriptural reference that is is applied here in the New City Catechism uh, is Romans three twenty, um, and Romans in general. I know we've already been there during this episode, but it deals with this this whole idea of law and grace a lot. Um, right. And Romans three twenty says, "For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin." Mm-hmm. Um, so works of the law, right? This dependence upon our own individual uh, obedience that cannot justify us, um, since since the law, what it really does is it just it makes us aware of our sin. That that particular verse. Um, only captures, I think, a part of what the answer in the in the catechism is, and um, it would be nice actually if they had a little bit more to kind of flush out the, the 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 foundation of the other aspects to this answer.
1: Yeah, I, I think what they're trying to do is trying to use a verse to point a biblical light to the answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's worth breaking your format mm-hmm. to just teach a little more.
2: Right, yeah. So
1: I I get why they did it, yeah. But
2: and sometimes sometimes the best way to shed light on something is to have a few different lamps coming at it from different angles. Yeah, and
1: that's that's where the app really shines mm-hmm. over the physical book, mm-hmm. right? Because I I think the physical book probably came first, and it's intended to be a one one page thing, mm-hmm. uh, and so thus the brevity, but. The app gives you the commentary. This week's commentary, Charles Simeon. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Chances are you probably don't know Charles Simeon.
0: Mm.
1: You should look him up. Yeah. This man's history is unbelievable.
2: Yeah. his, His pastoral, his experience as a pastor as well. Um, he w- he went through some stuff. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh like I shouldn't laugh about it, but it's just it's 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 admirable how he continued to be faithful in some pretty tough circumstances. Right, right. Um, like
1: insisting that the word of God be preached mm-hmm. through unbelievable pushback from his own congregation. Yeah, and he never dusted his sandals and walked away yeah he stayed with them Mm -hmm. um and for it has a biblical preaching society named after him yeah charles simeon trust yeah uh, which was not his goal yeah but that's the reason why they would honor him Mm -hmm. with that but anyway he says these poor men think that they can preach the gospel without preaching the law I say they must preach the law unless they do not mean to preach the gospel. What glory does the payment of Christ on our behalf hold if we don't understand the debt that was being paid? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Right? And, and that's one of the reasons why the gospel is a difficult thing for our generation is because we have devalued the concept of my mistake and my shortcoming Mm -hmm. to point it to everything else around me. Yeah. Right? It's all circumstances. It's all from other people. It's all environmental. Right. And so that has become such a thing that we struggle to point out to people you you have a debt of sin. Your sin is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. People are like I, that doesn't make any sense. Right. I'm I'm golden. I'm the best me that there ever was. <laughs> um, and and so he's he's right here to say like you you can't you can't talk about the beauty of the gospel. People cannot be moved by what Christ did on my behalf unless they first understand that it must be done on my behalf.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Thank you once again. Charles Simeon.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, and that that verse in Romans three, um, about how like through the law comes our knowledge of sin. That passage continues and it talks about how the righteousness of God has been manifested in Christ, and so we can therefore be justified through His gift of grace. Mm-hmm. And and it distinguishes actually the difference between a law of works and a law of love, mm-hmm. an obedience that comes out of pure duty and a, an obedience that comes out of from affection. Um, and and he says that both both the Jews and the Gentiles are justified by faith. And then in verse thirty one of Romans three, he says, "Do we then overthrow the law by this faith?" By no means. I love Paul's. By no means. It's like his. That's like his go to expression. Like right. every every pastor's got their own little thing. Um, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Mm-hmm. So that the law is upheld by faith, in love. Yeah, and and so.
1: This is always going to bring up questions. Well, what about some of the social things and the ceremonial things? Sure, sure. We do that by practicing what those things pointed to mm-hmm. and not the things themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: The sacrificial system points to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Therefore, we don't continue sacrificing animals because it, it has been done. He was our once and for all sacrifice. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the ceremon- and he is also the fulfillment of many of these ceremonies right, right. Um, studying d- doing a deep study of the book of john right now and it's interesting what, what jesus does at the timing of specific feasts and festivals and some of these ceremonial things like he is also the fulfillment of those things right right um you know at a ceremony where you know it's all this torch lighting to commemorate the pillar of fire you know in the wilderness jesus is like i'm the light of the world Mm-hmm. Right, Jesus. Is, so, so much of what is found in the law finds its fulfillment in Christ, but there are still there are still many aspects of it which um, continue to be relevant for us today, and much of much of which we've already talked about in our discussion of the Ten Commandments.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. What else you got? I'm, I'm done. You good? Yeah, I'm done. I'm
2: good too. <laughs> We have reached our destination. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex
0: Walker. Talk to you next week. See you later.